All praise is due to Allah. We praise Him, we seek His help, we seek His forgiveness. We are totally reliant and dependent upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and His will. We seek refuge in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from our bad deeds, from our bad actions, from our nafs, and from shaitan. Whom, whomever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides to the straight path can never be misguided. And whomever Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chooses to misguide, for them there is no guidance. We testify that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. He is alone, he has no partner. And we testify that the beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam is his servant and messenger. May the peace, blessings and salutations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be upon the beloved messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and on his noble family and his companions. Allah mentions in the Quran and thus we made you a middle nation ummatan wasata so that you bear witness upon the nations and the messenger bear witness upon you. According to the Mufassirun, this ayah is an allusion to the day of resurrection. When all the prophets will be resurrected and with all their qawms and all their different peoples. And there will be two types of people on the day of resurrection. There will be those who will be happy and there will be those who will be making excuses. For the people that have preceded us and their prophets, for those that will make excuses, they will say, you did not send us a messenger, O oh Allah. We never received a prophet. We should not be held accountable for not believing. And who will Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala call upon? He will call upon you and I and the ummah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. Such an honor. And he will ask us, do you know that such and such a prophet was sent to his people? And he will say yes. Did you know that the other prophet was sent to his people? Yes. And this is the allusion in this ayah that we will bear witness on the day of resurrection. And may Allah make us worthy of such witness. But why? Why us? Why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala choose us to bear witness on the day of resurrection and not anybody else? And the key is in the first part of the ayah. وَكَذَلِكَ جَعَلْنَاكُمْ أُمَّةً وَسَطًا And thus, we made you a middle nation, a balanced nation, a just nation, a fair nation. What does it mean to be balanced? What does it mean to be fair? And this is what I want to touch upon in today's khutbah, insha'Allah. 
And whenever we talk about balance and fairness or anything in our beautiful religion, we must first go to our Sayyid, our Qudwa, our role model and our example, the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. There are many ways in which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was balanced. Not least in his physical characteristics. He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was neither fat nor was he thin. He was neither dark nor was he pale. He was neither tall nor was he short. His hair was not overly curly nor was it completely straight, but it was in the middle. Even just from the physical description of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, it is as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is teaching us the beauty of being balanced. It is as if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is showing us just through the physical description of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. But more than his physical character, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was balanced in every matter of his life. He was a very human man. He was very balanced. He was very pragmatic. He was very practical, was Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. And that's why he's such a good example to follow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala could have sent us angels. He could have sent us perfect angels to follow who would pray, pray day and night. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent us a human being. And Allah says, وَإِنَّكَ لَعَلَىٰ خُلُقٍ عَظِيمٍ And you are upon amazing and perfect, exalted character about Rasulullah. But he also knew the realities and the difficulties of life. He always tried to make things easy for us. He also commanded, يَسِّرُوا وَلَا تُعَسِّرُوا He commanded us to follow that model. Make things easy for people, don't make things difficult for people. On his deathbed, his action was using the siwak. The Prophet ﷺ loved the miswak so much. The companions asked him, is this fard, is this wajib? Is it mandatory to use the miswak? He said, no, I fear I will burden my ummah. He was thinking about us. Once during the, uh, some lengthy prayers in Medina, some companions came to the Prophet ﷺ and said, the salah is extra long. There's tatweel in the prayer. And the Prophet ﷺ, he didn't say, have patience. He didn't say, don't worry. He said, don't lengthen the prayer. There are weak people. There are the elderly. There are the sick. The Prophet ﷺ loved Hajj. After performing the Hajj, the Sahaba asked him, is this wajib mandatory for the Muslims every year? He said, I don't want to make things difficult for my ummah. The Prophet ﷺ knew the realities of life. And when the Prophet ﷺ performed the migration from Mecca to Medina, he sat with everyone in order to draft up what's called the Constitution of Medina, Dustur Medina. He sat with 
the believers of Medina and he also sat with the Jewish tribes and he listened to them and he created a charter that was for the betterment of everyone because he was a practical person was Rasulullah And because of this pragmatism, because of this practicality, you can see the reward that the Prophet reaped. There was a rabbi in Medina by the name of Mukhayriq, a rabbi, and he fought in the battle of Uhud on the side of the Muslims. Not only this, it fell on the Sabbath in which is, it's not permitted in Judaism to fight on the Sabbath, but he chose to fight because of Rasulullah He died in the battle of Uhud and his property and his seven gardens became the first waqf, the first charitable endowment of Islam. This is a rabbi. Why? Because of the practicality of Rasulullah But more than that, the Prophet ﷺ even worked with the Kuffar of Quraysh. During the Sulh of Hudaybiyyah, when the Prophet ﷺ desired to visit the house of Allah in Mecca, he took with him 1400 companions and they traveled. But the Meccans did not let them enter. What did the Prophet ﷺ do? Did he fight? Some Sahaba wanted him to stand up to them. The Prophet ﷺ signed an agreement with them. He preferred peace. He was looking out for the welfare of everyone, whether they were Muslim or not. Rahmatan lil alameen was the Prophet ﷺ. Before Islam even, he participated in something called Hilf al-Fudul. The virtuous pact in which people in Mecca, noble people in Mecca, went to the Kaaba and created a charter for the betterment of everyone in Mecca, regardless of rank. Before it was rank-based, tribe-based, and the Prophet ﷺ, this is before Islam, participated in this, for the betterment of people. So the weak people will also be supported. And he remarked later in life in Medina, he said, if they were doing this now, if this was happening now, I would sit and sign the charter again. And this is about the polytheists of Mecca. As part of his balance was his role in the family. As a husband and father and grandfather, while he used to perform night prayer and Qiyamul Layl every single night, Aisha radiallahu anha would sleep. He didn't force anybody to join him in these superrogatory matters. And when Salatul Taraweeh was happening for the first time in the life of the Prophet on the first night of Ramadan, he came out and he led the people in Salah. On the second night of Ramadan, he came out and he led the people in Salah. And on the third night, he didn't come out. And on the fourth day, they asked him, they said, Ya Rasulullah, why was there no night prayer last night? And he said, 
I don't want this to be a burden for you. This is a supererogatory action. It is not wajib. It's not mandatory. I was worried yet lest you would consider it fard, lest you would consider it mandatory. And he was always thinking about his sahaba and his ummah. And when the Prophet ﷺ would pray in his masjid, Hassan and Hussein would go between his arms when he is in sujood. How did the Prophet ﷺ deal with these things? He dealt with them with wisdom and hikmah. And he laughed and he smiled. And he showed the full range of human emotion, like Shaykh Abdul Hakim said a couple of weeks ago. The Prophet ﷺ was a real human. He showed the full range of human emotion. He wept on occasion. He got angry on occasion. And the Sahaba said you could see the vein on his forehead when he was angry. And the Prophet ﷺ would laugh and smile. And for this reason, he's known as Al-Dahak, the oft smiling person. And secondly, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us a book of balance. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَلَقَدْ صَرَّفْنَا فِي هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ لِلنَّاسِ مِنْ كُلِّ مَثَلٍ And we have put forth in this Qur'an for the people of every sort of example. The Qur'an calls for peace, but it also calls for self-defense. The Qur'an calls towards rituals like salat and zakat, but it also calls towards understanding the spirituality behind those rituals. The Qur'an talks about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's punishment, but it also talks about His forgiveness. It's the balance of the Qur'an. And also the Qur'an talks about success in this life, and it also talks about success in the akhirah and the hereafter. To such an extent that we are taught a dua in the Quran. Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adab al-nar. O Allah, O our Lord, give us good in this world and give us good in the next world. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us the benefit of reaping the rewards of this world and the next world. We are Allah's representatives on this world, as according to the Qur'an. We are meant to be a balanced nation. Let us embody that. And one of the ways we can balance the dunya and the akhirah, the Prophet ﷺ used to say this beautiful dua. Allahumma ja'alid dunya fi aydina wa la taj'alid dunya fi qulubina. O oh Allah, put the dunya in our hands. Don't put the dunya in our hearts. This world, materialism. So we should not be spiritually attached to this world. And we should seek it through the parameters that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has set. And this is part of being a balanced believer and being a balanced ummah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us all embody this and make us balanced believers. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, 
Indeed, we sent our messengers with clear proofs, and we sent down with them the book and the balance that they may rule with justice over mankind. And the importance of balance in this ayah is so high that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala characterizes it as being revealed with his kitab, with the messengers. All of the messengers, alayhim salam were balanced. And the key to any sort of justice and adl in this world is through being a balanced person. And that is what the ayah is telling us. But the best way for us to embody and to see this balance is by looking at Rasulullah and the other auspicious characters in the history of Islam. And the best manual for us to consult regarding being balanced in our lives is the book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We must strive for the akhirah, but we must not forget our responsibilities and the reality of our life also in this dunya. May Allah make us all men and women of balance and justice and good conduct.